Okay, so today we're going to be looking at company email accounts. Do you need to set up a new account with a license for every single one of your employees? Or can you get away with using free Gmail or Outlook or whatever type of free email you're using? Getting this right can save you a lot of money. And there are some tricks you can use to actually avoid having to have an account for every single one of your staff. So here we go. So the question is this, how do entrepreneurs like us who don't have an endless supply of cash, how do we leverage the best apps, virtual assistants, automation tools and systems to scale our businesses, increase our profits and have more time to do what we love to do each day? That is the question and this podcast will give you the answer. My name is Dr. Steve Day and this is Systemize Your Success. So whether or not you need to actually have a license for each of your staff really depends on what it is they're going to do in your company. So, for example, we use Google Workspace, but what or everything I describe here is going to be totally relevant if you're using Microsoft or whatever other apps you're using. Just a quick note, though. So the reason we use Google Workspace is like Microsoft, it also has all the office apps and cloud storage. And it just means that we're having a single sign-on and also a single subscription for pretty much everything we need in our business. If you end up using something like Yahoo Mail, and then you have Dropbox, and then you have um, your Microsoft Office apps, then all those subscriptions add up and you've got to actually maintain all those different accounts. So that's why we've used. That's why we use uh, Google Workspace, and similarly, our clients often use Microsoft. And both are valid options. I'll also, at the end, just explain why we prefer Google over Microsoft, and you can consider if it's worth you making the switch based on my recommendations. So, back to emails. So, when you're planning your email accounts, you could just simply have a license for every single person in your company. So, for this, I mean. If you've got, say, five different virtual assistants and they work part-time, each one of them could set, be set up with a Google Workspace account as a user. And then each of them would have a company email address. So like john at mycompany.com, simon at mycompany.com, joan at mycompany.com, whatever. And that way you have total control over their accounts. You can reset their passwords. You can disable them when they leave. And so it can really make it easy for you to actually manage everything. However, there's a cost to doing that. And if you look at the business standard edition of Google Workspace, which is the one we, we recommend because you also get shared drives, which is a brilliant app for securely sharing and maintaining control over the documents that you create. So if you use that business standard app, then you're going to be charged around £10 or $15 or something for per license. So that cost can soon add up, especially if you've got a number of part-time staff and maybe some freelancers and you want them to use a company email address as well. So there's a few tricks that we use to try to reduce the number of licenses, but still maintain the control that we want. So first of all, you can use something called aliases. Now, if you have a email address, say set up as customer service at yourcompany.com or help at yourcompany.com, then you can use that for all the incoming emails for all the customer inquiries or maybe new client queries or leads. So therefore you have a single inbox in which all your emails are coming into. But you may want to actually have the ability for different people to um, reply using their own name. So John or Jane or Smith, uh, Jack or whatever. And so rather than actually having a license for each of those users, we can just set up what's called an alias. And it's just a, another name for the same account. So you have the 
hello at yourcompany.com or help at your company. And that's sort of the account you pay for, the license you pay for. And then you set up a basic, what's called an alias, which is any name that you want that's linked to that main account. So you'd still log in using your hello or help email address. And you could then share that with all of your customer service representatives or all of your admin team. But then you also set up these aliases so that you can accept or get incoming emails to any of the aliases you set up. So John or Jack or Jane or whatever, and also reply. So it can keep things personal. So people can think they're actually sending an email to an individual, whereas actually it's just going into a, um, a general inbox. So it can make it appear like people are talking to a single individual, but actually it can be any one of the team who happens to be working that day. So that can reduce the number of licenses considerably if the main function of that role or having that email address is just to have a customer service inbox. This works really well for your email inbox, but you probably want each of your staff to have their own login to Google or Microsoft or whatever you're using because you want to be able to give them permissions to access various areas. So different shared drives or SharePoint drives or different folders. And you want to be able to actually say, I want you know this employee to have access to, to X, Y, and Z folders, and then this other employee to have access to A, B, and C, but you don't want them to have access to everything. If you were to use the alias method that I've just described uh, for them to log in, then everybody would have the same access to everything. So to get around that, we actually create free Gmail or Outlook accounts for each of our staff so that they have their own email address. And they then use that to log into Google. And we use that when we're, when we're giving them permissions to access certain folders. They also use their free Gmail or Outlook account to set up all their other apps. So for example, LastPass uh, password sharing app or their task management app or their screen recording software. And so each employee has their own logins to everything. And so therefore we can control who has access to what and we can switch access off when they leave, for example. Um, but we're not actually having to pay for all of those licenses because the main function of having the license is really for us having a central email inbox. There are a couple of exceptions to this about when actually you need to have a license for Microsoft or Google and actually having a free uh, account doesn't work. And that is if you want somebody to be able to have offline access. So um, using Google Workspace, you have a thing called DriveStream and that allows you to actually sync your cloud storage with your hard drive on your local computer. And that's really useful for working offline. And also if you're dealing with large files, you don't want to have to keep on access them always from the cloud because that could be quite time consuming if the virtual assistant hasn't got a brilliant internet connection. So there are certain examples, like for example, video editors and graphic designers, where having the ability to have things saved locally um, is a good idea. And for those people, you do have to have a license in Google because uh, otherwise you can't actually access the, the DriveStream app. So there's one example of where you do need to create an additional license for your employees. The other example where we use or we do create a license is if we want someone to help be an administer on our Google Workspace account, because you have to have a Google Workspace login associated with the uh, company domain in order for them to be given admin permissions. So those are really the, the examples of where we have licenses. But the majority of our team always have a free Gmail account to actually set up 
there, different apps and things, and, and for us to give them access. So it just keeps that cost down. So we're very specific about who it is we give licenses to, and that's based on, as I just described, the different roles that they have. So just in summary, we set up licenses for specific users based on their roles. So do they need offline access? Are they going to administer the accounts? Will be the main reasons that they would have a license. Also, we have one email address set up for our incoming emails. And then we create aliases for anybody who's accessing that account so they can actually reply with a name, um, but it's actually all going into the same inbox and they can all access it. Doing this way just means you're cutting down the licenses and therefore saving yourself some money. Now, at the beginning, I mentioned that we use Google Workspace. And let's just want to spend a couple of minutes explaining why I shifted from Microsoft to Google Workspace. Now, I've been in computers all my life. I've did a degree in computing back in uh, 2002. I graduated. Before that, I was always a bit of a computer geek. And I was always on Microsoft because that was really the only option back then. And that's including the office apps and also the email and everything and the cloud storage and everything else that came with it. I then um, went into Dropbox because that was a much better cloud storage option at the time. But then eventually, about five years ago, I made the shift to Google Workspace. And the big reason I did that was despite the fact of me actually being a bit of a computer geek and despite me spending all my life messing around with computers, I found the administration of Microsoft, the business Microsoft really challenging. It got to the point where I actually found a Microsoft certified engineer and was about to employ them to help me to actually do the administration because it was literally taking me hours to do the simplest things. I'd be on the phone to Microsoft's custom support and I'd be figuring out how to share permissions to something or give people access to something else. And it was always a bit overcomplicated and just really time consuming to do. I then had a discussion with one of my clients who suggested that I give Google a try. And at the time, so five years ago, Google was still relatively new, uh, well, compared to Microsoft anyway. And I'd always been a bit skeptical about moving over, but I did. I did give it a go and I ran them in parallel for <clears throat> probably a year or two. I had a Google account and I had a Microsoft account. And what I found with Google was it was so much easier to actually just run the administration. So adding users, sorting out permissions, creating aliases, all that stuff that I was struggling with, with Microsoft was just a breeze in Google. And with Google, you get all the same apps that you do or similar apps that you do with Microsoft anyway. So you've still got your, your Word type document um, you've called Google Docs. You've got your spreadsheets. You've got your presentations uh, and all the other sort of apps that you need to actually run a business day to day. So eventually, about three years ago now, I canceled my Microsoft account. I moved everything over to my Google Cloud Storage. I use Google, G Google Gmail for my mailing client. And I use all the Office apps in Google. And so there was no point in me having a Microsoft account anymore. And so therefore, I saved myself that subscription. You can still access all of your Google Docs offline. You can edit them offline, which is one thing that many people don't realize, because back in the beginning, you couldn't do that, but you can now. And so actually, Google, for me, makes a whole lot of sense. The main reason is the fact it's much easier to administer. And it's so easy, in fact, that I just get one of my admin virtual assistants, who's a bit tech savvy, but she's not didn't have any experience in using Google to actually do all my admin for me. So she adds and deletes users. She sets up permissions, sets up groups because the Google um, tutorials that are available online for free are brilliant. And 
it's not difficult to figure out. It's quite an intuitive bit of software. So for me, it just made an absolute, it was a no-brainer. It just made absolute sense to make the shift because it was, I think, cheaper overall, much easier to administer. And it's just meant I didn't have to hire that Microsoft certified engineer, which would then cost me another couple of hundred quid a month just to have that person on the books. So that's it. So that's why we made the shift from um, Microsoft to Google. And you can consider if you want to do the same. And just as just a, a side note, all of your Microsoft documents, you can still edit in Google. So you can still open them up, edit them, and even save them back as Microsoft Word or Excel sheets as well. Or you can convert them over to Google Docs, which is what we have done eventually. And now all of our docs are pretty much in Google. So hopefully that's been helpful, give you some tips to save some money and to get your emails set up correctly and use the aliases and also using free Gmail accounts for your staff to yeah reduce the costs and just make your life a lot easier. If you found this episode useful, as always, please leave us a review. It really does help us to reach more people and give us a rating on your favorite podcast app. Thank you very much indeed. I'll speak to you soon. Thank you so much for joining me and listening to this episode. I'm well aware there are hundreds of great business podcasts out there and you chose to listen to this one. And for that, I am truly grateful. Hopefully what you heard today took you one step closer to building a successful business so you can share your passion with the world and serve an ever-growing number of people. If you got value out of today's episode, then so will someone else you know. By sharing with others what has helped you along your way, you will grow your influence and be the guy or girl that everybody wants to know. So please hit the share button right now and also remember to subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss future episodes. It's impossible for me to cover absolutely everything in these podcasts. So please do head over to systemizeyoursuccess.com right now and download the show notes, transcriptions, and some of my best frameworks and systems for free. Thanks again for tuning in and being a part of this amazing community. Until next time, this is Dr. Steve Day and you've been listening to Systemize Your Success. Your Success.